What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Bongo Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie, and today I'm doing my Couchella recap. That's Coachella Watch from Home. That's what people are calling it, because YouTube has a great stream of Coachella these days, and a lot of people are just opting to stay home and watch it there, or, you know, if they live across the country, doing it that way as well. And I actually didn't buy a ticket this year because, you know, the way Coachella works these days, they release the the tickets before the lineup, and I was like, eh, I don't want to spend $500 without even knowing who's going to play. And I regret that because a lot of the late editions were really great. And I wish I would have bought a ticket. Next year, I'm buying a ticket no matter what. But I did get to watch a lot of the performances on YouTube. And there was a lot of great stuff this year. I actually missed a lot of day one because I was working at the Long Beach Grand Prix. But I got home in time to see Haim, who was great. Shout out to my friends at Columbia Records. They had a really great set. No highlights, but I definitely love Haim. Next up, I saw Ellie Goulding, and I like her music a lot, but her style just does not really fit for live performances. Her set was actually really great, but too great if you ask me. I definitely think she was doing some lip syncing because I had seen her at the NBA All-Star Game last year, and it was abysmal. Like, you know, her, her style just doesn't work for live performances, kind of like Janet Jackson, you know, that whisper singing style, but her set at Coachella was really good, so I was like... Yeah, it seems like it's a little bit enhanced. And I know people do lip syncing to enhanced performances, but kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, next up, I checked out Chromio. I'm an old school fan of Chromio. I love their really old stuff like Needy Girl and whatever album that was on. My friend Rachel introduced me to them a couple years ago. And I really wish I was at that set. I'm not too much into EDM and things like that, but I definitely like dancey kind of rock like Chromio. Really great set. And finally, Outcast. The Outcast set really let me know how old I am. I just turned 28 this year. My high school reunions this year. And Outcast performance really put things into perspective. When I was in high school from 2000 to 2004, Outcast was huge. You know, Stankonia came out in 2000, I think. And then the Love Below Speaker Box came out maybe 2003. And Outkast was huge. Like, they're the best rap duo ever, pretty much, and had huge hits. Sorry, Miss Jackson, uh, So Fresh, So Clean, of course, Hey Ya. <laughs> and you could just tell by the look of the kids' faces up there, a lot of them probably were in elementary school when Outkast was really big because they didn't know any of the deep cuts at all. You know, I think Outkast definitely should have spread out the hits a little bit more because they have a lot of hits. And they shouldn't have played too many deep cuts in a row. I think that was a big problem with the with the crowd, and they could have had more cameos also, Future coming out was pretty cool, but they, with all their discography, they definitely could have had more people come on stage, and the people were there, you know, there was, everyone had, cameos were the best part of Coachella this year, there was cameos left and right, so I think Outkast definitely could have done more, also maybe had some costume changes, I know they weren't really into playing the hits, but Andre could have thrown on a wig for Heya, or, um, Roses, which I, that was one of my favorite videos of all time. They just could have did more, you know. Especially when, you know, most of the kids only know Hey Ya, because that's what, you know, their parents played on Kids Bop in the car. Like, those kids, you know, they're young kids, 18, 19. They don't know the deep cuts. So, I think that's a little bit of Outcast's fault for the crowd not getting too into it. But, I'm glad they're back. Hopefully their next shows go better. Moving on to day two. Day two is probably my favorite day, you know. So many great bands in that lineup. Start start off by watching Churches. I love Churches. I kind of felt the same way about Ellie Goulding as I did with them in the beginning. I think the singer style 
kind of a whisper singing wasn't working out, but their set definitely got a lot better, and I think it went well. Uh, I watched The Head and the Heart, had a pretty good set. I watched Lord. I really wanted to see how she did live, and it was a good performance. No highlights for me there either, but I, de- I think she definitely did well. Talked to, checked out uh, Foster the People, did great. MGMT had a really great set. I knew more of those songs than I thought. I'm kind of a fair, not fair weather MGMT fan. I'm just you know kind of a casual fan, but they had more songs I recognized than I thought I would. Great set. Moving on to Pharrell. Pharrell had an awesome set. I know he had some problems with the dust. That's how it goes when you're playing a festival on a field. But his set was awesome. Kind of what Outkast's set should have been. I was a little pissed he didn't play anything off of In My Mind. Because aside from NERD, In My Mind was my favorite project of Pharrell's. Didn't play one damn song. Not Can I Have It Like That? Nothing. And he also didn't play Gust of Wind off of Girl, which is my favorite song on that album. That song would have been awesome and so epic live. And kind of ironic because he was complaining about all the wind and the dust. So playing a song called Gust of Wind would have been hilarious. But he missed that moment. That's okay, though. Because he came through with the cameos. He had Gwen Stefani, Diddy, Busta Rhymes. Snoop Dogg came out. They did Drop It Like It's Hot and Beautiful. Tyler, Tyler the Creator, and a lot of odd future guys came on the stage and danced with them. Pharrell had an awesome set. The background was sick. I, I really liked it a lot. I was kind of skeptical about a lot of the choices Pharrell's making these days with joining the voice and being so overexposed, but you know he really restored my faith with his set. It was really great. I wish I would have seen that. Uh, I watched a little bit of Skrillex. He brought out ASAP Rocky to do Wild for the Night. That was cool, I guess. Not a big EDM guy, like I said, but that was interesting. And the last person I saw on day two was Nas. Nas had a really great set, played a lot of good hits. And I think that was just a big moment for hip-hop when he brought out Diddy and Jay-Z. Like, to think, I went to Coachella in 2007, haven't been there in a while. But for Nas and Jay-Z, arguably the two best rappers alive, to be on stage together at Coachella, that's huge, you know. When I went to 2007, the only rappers who played were like... Lupe Fiasco and some dude named Spankrock. So for those two to be on stage together, that's crazy. I know Kanye, Jay-Z, and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre have headlined, but I don't know, that was just a big moment for me since Coachella's come a long way from what they used to be. And day three, I didn't watch much on day three. I had some errands to run. Plus, day three is my TV day. Game of Thrones was on and Resurrection. I, I didn't have time for all those bands. Plus, there just weren't that many bands I liked on Day 3. I checked out the 1975, who had a great set. And they're one of the only bands I think really fit a festival or daytime sets. Because a lot of those bands should only be at night or, you know, in a club. It's, that's one thing I don't like about festivals. Sometimes it just doesn't work for me. Um, I also discovered a really awesome band called Unlocking the Truth, which is a, it's a metal band featuring five 12 year old black kids why wasn't this around when i was in high school like that could have changed my life i definitely gotta look them up more and it's brutal ass metal it's not like screamo or metalcore it's pantera uh what's the other slayer it's it's crazy I, I can't wait to see more from them uh watch disclosure set pretty much just to see the sam smith cameo I don't know if it paid off or not. Like I said, I'm not an EDM guy, so watching a lot of that set was kind of painful. But seeing Sam Smith was really awesome. I like his stuff a lot. 
Can't wait to hear more from him. I miss Janae Aiko's performance because they weren't streaming it. But apparently she had a cameo from Drake and Childish Gambino, which that must be kind of awkward because I don't follow celebrity gossip and this podcast will not, you know, display that type of stuff because I'm not into it. I don't care about celebrities' personal lives. But from what I heard, Childish Gambino and Janae Aiko were together. But then she went on tour with Drake, and then they were fucking apparently, and now they're not. But either way, it's kind of awkward for both of them to have a cameo that night. I don't know if they ran into each other backstage, but that must have been kind of weird. And also, Arcade Fire caught a little bit of them. Um, And apparently they brought out Debbie Harry, which is a punk and new wave legend. I didn't see that performance, but I'm going to check it out later. But overall, it was a really good year. I definitely regret not going. I thought about even just going down there just for the parties. You know, the after parties, but next year for sure. I know I say that every year, but next year I'm buying a ticket no matter what. Or hopefully this podcast is successful enough that I can get a pass. So that's my Coachella recap. All those videos are out there, you know, on YouTube or Pitchfork or various blog sites. You can check out those performances if you missed them. And that's it for today. Please follow me on Twitter at MusicMongrel. Please follow me on Instagram at MusicMongrelPicks. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Thanks for listening.